Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this year's program, I am delighted to have you. Let me just talk for a moment before we move on. I have continually been fascinated by the case of Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips is the baker in Denver, Colorado. I think he's actually out in Aurora. Jack Phillips makes beautiful, award-winning, artistically designed cakes. Several years ago, um, Jack Phillips was approached by a gay couple, and they asked Jack Phillips to make a wedding cake for them. And Jack Phillips is known for pre-making wedding cakes. He wants to provide for people who can't afford elaborate weddings, so he pre-makes cakes, sells them at a discount keeps them refrigerated so people can come in and buy them. But this couple, they specifically wanted a wedding cake artistically designed by Jack Phillips, and they wanted him to put a same-sex couple on top. And Jack Phillips says, I'm very sorry I can't do that. You can have one of the pre-made cakes and put the wedding topper on yourself, but I'm a Christian. I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. And they sued him, wanted to shut down his business, Now, what you need to know before you get all high and mighty is that if Jack Phillips knows that you are divorced and headed into a second marriage, he's not going to make your cake because Jack Phillips believes marriage is between a man and a woman. And and once you're in union together before the eyes of God, divorce is a sin. So Jack Phillips doesn't make cakes for second marriages. Jack Phillips does not make cakes for Halloween because he believes it's a pagan holiday. Jack Phillips believes in the doctrine of vocation. Now, for those of you who aren't Christians, the doctrine of vocation means that whatever you do in life, you must do to the honor and glory of God. It is a very famous Martin Luther King Jr. speech that he spoke um, of street sweepers to be the very best street sweeper you could be. If God makes you a bush, be the very best bush. God wants you to be the very best at whatever you can be to glorify him. What I'm saying to you this morning, my friend, even if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper. Go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, 
Be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the rail. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. That was Martin Luther King. That, that is the, the Christian doctrine of vocation. Be the best at what you are to glorify God. And Jack Phillips is inarguably, indisputably an award-winning artist of wedding cakes. And because he refused to participate in a gay wedding, he was persecuted and hauled before the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which declared his act of not putting a same-sex wedding topper on top of a cake to be Nazi-like. I'm not making that up. They compared him to the Nazis for refusing to bake a cake. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, even Elena Kagan, decided this was a done deal. If they're comparing this man's refusal to bake a cake for uh, to Nazis, there's no way he's getting a fair hearing. There's no way he's getting a fair hearing. And they threw the case out. Immediately thereafter, after he won the case, he was persecuted again. This time, he was sought out by someone uh, with a transgender issue, and that transgender person demanded that he make a cake for the tr- her transition. That's right. And now this case is before the Colorado courts. The Colorado baker who won a partial Supreme Court victory after refusing on religious grounds to make a gay couple's wedding cake a decade ago is challenging a separate ruling. He violated the state's anti-discrimination law by refusing to make a cake celebrating a gender transition. A lawyer for Jack Phillips on Wednesday urged Colorado's appellate court, largely on procedural grounds, to overturn last year's ruling in a lawsuit brought by a transgender woman. The woman, Autumn Scardina, called Phillips Suburban Denver Cake Shop in 2017 requesting a birthday cake that had blue frosting on the outside and was pink inside to celebrate her gender transition. At trial, Phillips, a Christian, testified he did not think someone could change genders and he wouldn't celebrate someone who thinks they can. Jack Warner, an attorney representing Phillips for the conservative Christian legal advocacy group Alliance Defending Freedom, said the ruling was wrong. He said requiring Phillips to create a cake with a message contrary to his religious beliefs amounted to forcing him to say something he does not believe. The judge noted Philip's wife initially told Scardina the bakery could make the cake, and then Scardina volunteered the design was meant to celebrate a gender transition. Scardina argues that uh, he, and Scardina is a he, though the media now refers to Scardina as a she, didn't force the cake to endorse the idea, just sell the cake that they would sell to anyone else. Phillips was intentionally, willfully targeted. And this is not in dispute. This is not in dispute. This happened in Colorado where the gay community and the transgender community are willfully targeting Christian business owners 
to force them to provide goods and services. There's a case before the Supreme Court this year involving Lori Smith. Lori Smith is a well-known website designer. Lori Smith's talents are sought out by people who want really good-looking websites. A same-sex couple sought out Lori Smith because Lori Smith was a well-known Christian to demand that Lori Smith design a website for their same-sex wedding. Lori Smith refused and was sued. This is now before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is looking at this not from a religious rights issue, but a free speech issue. Can someone be compelled to make a website to display speech that they disagree with? Essentially, can the black business owner be compelled to produce signs for a KKK rally? The left doesn't like that comparison, but that's actually what's going on here. Can the black business owner be compelled to make signs for the KKK rally? Gay rights, I've saw oh, this is completely different. This is completely different. But is it, though? Is it really that different? Can you be compelled when you own a business to provide goods and services to support something you disagree with? And, of course, the, the media and the left immediately go to, well, what about race? Well, this country did fight a civil war over race. So, no, you as a white business owner can't say, I refuse to print a sign or bake a cake to celebrate Juneteenth or the end of slavery or something like that because we fought a war over it. We amended the Constitution about that. You don't need a bumper sticker on the back of your car to tell someone you're black, but you probably do to tell them that you're gay or transgender. It's a fundamentally different issue, even as the left refuses to acknowledge that difference. And in this case... These people, it is beyond dispute, sought out a Christian cake baker to force him against his will to provide a cake for them, sought out a Christian website owner, and forced her to build a website against her values. Because you will be made to care. Because the prevailing religion of our time is secularism. And secularism can abide no other God. Secularism cannot allow you to put your faith in anything else and adhere to the values of whatever else there is. You will be made to care. Jack Phillips is being made to care. And thus far, he's held his ground. Now, to answer your question that some of you have, within a three-mile radius of Jack Phillips' business, there are a dozen other bakeries. Within a three-mile radius. That is, if you stand at Jack Phillips' front door of his bakery and you go three miles in any direction, you'll find a dozen other bakeries in, in that area of Colorado. But they keep going to him. Because this isn't about the cake. This is about the cause. And they've demanded Jack Phillips' adherence. They've demanded he bend his will to theirs. They've demanded he violate his conscience for their normalcy. 
They told us all that no one would suffer if you gave out marriage to same-sex couples. If you redefined marriage, Jack Phillips is suffering. Lori Smith, the web designer, is suffering because they didn't just get their marriage. They now demand that you must treat it like everything else, give it equality, or else you're discriminated against them. You're punishing them. You're the bad guy, so bake the cake, pick it. If they went to Jack Phillips and they said, will you bake this cake? And he said, no, I can't this weekend. It would be fine. If you went to Jack Phillips and said, will you bake this cake this weekend? He said, I didn't do marriage. I don't do marriage cakes for anyone. It would be fine. But because he's willing to do wedding cakes for heterosexual couples, he must do it for these couples or else he's got to be put out of business. You will be made to care. I think it's wrong. I think that we have to live and let live and, and understand that people of good conscience can disagree on this issue. And by forcing people to adhere to one view or the other, you are forcing antagonism in this country that's not going to end well for anybody. We are a nation divided on these issues. We used to, as a nation, say live and let live. We can disagree on this issue. And now, no, you must be destroyed. The only difference between Woko Haram and Boko Haram is that Boko Haram takes off your head if you disagree with them on Islam. If you disagree with Woko Haram on secularism, they don't kill you. They just destroy your livelihood. They destroy your marriage if possible. They destroy your relationship with your family. They destroy you. They let you live and destroy everything around you. Jack Phillips is standing up for this. The question is, will the Supreme Court of the United States stand up for Jack Phillips and the web designer, Lori Smith? We'll find out about her case this year. His will be ongoing. So winter is coming, and I got to tell you, I love the weight of the bull and branch sheets. I like them in the summer when it's hot and you don't want a lot of covers on you. But in the wintertime, they're just the perfect weight, the perfect, I don't know, smoothness. They're 100% organic cotton threads. They've got super softness. They get softer every time you wash them. They're just the drape when you're laying down and stuff. They're not. They're just perfect sheets. I love them. Uh, I am effusive with my praise for Bull and Branch, and I'm delighted to have them as an advertiser. Look, they're made from the highest quality threads. They got superior softness. They got over twenty five thousand rave customer reviews and counting. I'm one of them. The quality you can tell is great. They hold up well after all the washes I've put them through. And they just get softer. It doesn't matter what the thread count is. The fiber sucks. And you can tell they put a lot of great detail into the fibers they use. And look, Bola Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're going to feel the difference. You're not going to want to send them back. The first 100% organic fair trade certified betting company ever they use 90% less water than conventional production, zero pesticides, other chemical, chemical, toxic chemicals. They don't use them. It's just fantastic. Listen, I'm effusive with my praise. I love Bull and Branch. Try them for yourself. And again, you get a 30-night risk-free trial, free shipping, returns on all orders. Try the sheets that will make you fall for the coziest night's sleep in the season where you want cozy sheets. 15% off your first set of sheets. Free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Trust me, they're worth it. We've got five bedrooms, five beds, Branch sheets on every bed. 
Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Cindy, you're going to be up next. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for taking my call. I was going to approach this differently before you just finished what you just said. This kind of blends into the last three callers. Okay. Um, I read about 22 states are suing the government over being forced to have this transgender transgenderism and um, all this CRT, et cetera, in their schools and allowing transgenders into girls' sports. Um, I know this all comes out of the federal government, but they were threatened with taking away school lunch funding. Mm-hmm. I also know it must be going on in Georgia right now, which I was thinking this might be something against Warnock because he is so in Biden's pocket. Because I was talking to somebody that lives in Forsyth County who said that in their schools, they're being threatened with the same thing funding on school lunches, et cetera, if they don't allow the CRT mm-hmm. wokeness in their schools. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, we oh, use that? Yes. Uh, there, there is a, uh, the Biden administration's, the, the Department of Education is advancing. It hasn't gone through yet, but it's headed that way, advancing regulation, not legislation, that would prohibit school lunch money, prohibit education funding, going to schools that uh, insist boys must play on boys' sports. And stay in boys' bathrooms. Uh, there, that that's where they're advancing. Raphael Warnock supports it. It is an issue. The Warnock or the Walker campaign could use. And again, this this goes to the ultimate issue here that the Walker campaign is running out of time. They're they are running out of time to focus on these issues. They're running out of time to make their defense. They're running out of time to focus on crime. They're running out of time to focus on these cultural issues. Uh, The clock is ticking. In every campaign, you have time, talent, and treasure. There is a fixed amount of time. You know a date certain will come that will be election day. And there is money. You can renew it, but you've only got an amount of time with which to spend it if you have it. Uh, Supposedly, they've had good fundraising days. they got to spend that money. Uh, Maureen, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. This how are you? From good. Um, I have kind of a perspective here on the Walker situation. I know, you know, he's never professed to be a perfect man. We know mm-hmm. he has four kids with four women, and we know the mental health things. We know the domestic issues. And now we get dropped on us at an opportune time for the other side, this highly suspect uh, abortion thing, but let's just pretend that that's true. Um, he has been very clear about all his flaws and, you know, is now a saved man mm-hmm. and a, has a different perspective and wants to run his life and now wants to help run the government differently. And so my question basically to everyone and anyone who wants to listen is that are we are we being confused by all this? Are we being asked to vote for the Herschel Walker of 2013? Or are we being asked to vote for the Herschel Walker of today? 
Uh, look, I I, I think and, this is why the Walker campaign. I, I I gotta cut you off there. I'm sorry because I got less than a minute here. But this is why the Walker campaign needs to ramp up the ads and push them out today. Uh, time is of the essence. Uh, point out he is a changed man. He he's moved on with his life. He has grown up. He he has overcome struggles. Uh, yes, he he's a fallen man. He is has found Jesus. He has been redeemed. He has been restored. He's still not perfect, but he is not the man he was. And Raphael Warnock is lying and is the man that Herschel Walker once was, a fallen man in need of redemption who doesn't see it. Um, he's He's got time, but time's running out. Get with it, people. When we come back, we got to move on. We got to do a reality check. We'll do that. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I, I've put this off and put this off and put this off. And here now, I would like to do a reality check. Inflation is inarguably on the rise. Inarguably. We are still dealing with inflation. Even if inflation, year-over-year inflation dropped to 2%, well, it's still been up over 8% for so long. It's not a it's not a reduction in inflation. It's just slowed down the growth of inflation. It's still high. And the Democrats are charting into these headwinds in four and a half weeks. Then there's the issue of fossil fuels. Um, as much as Democrats want to believe we're going to get rid of fossil fuels, we're not. Fossil fuels, you know, don't just go into gasoline. Fossil fuels also go into the tires on the car, even on a Tesla. Fossil fuels go into plastics and rubbers. We're not getting rid of fossil fuels. All we're going to do is make everything more expensive. Think about all the equipment that's out there. Now, I I will tell you, I am biased towards electric lawn products. I far prefer a plug-in to even a battery-powered weed eater. If I need a long extension cord, I'll do it. I, I prefer a battery-powered or electric lawnmower and weed eater and leaf blower. Uh, one, uh, the recycle, the, the battery-powered ones and the electric ones, they're far quieter than the gas-powered ones. And two, I, I always seem like, because I'm not a handy, I am not a handyman. And my gas-powered weed eater, it seems like every, every year or so, I, I'm having trouble with a... A, uh, a gas-powered weed eater. I, I'm having trouble with a gas-powered lawnmower. i got to go get it serviced. The plug-in varieties, they work great. can use them in my yard. The battery-powered ones, yeah, you got to get giant batteries, and you may have to have a couple of them, and they're expensive, but if you can afford them, it's great because they're quieter, and you don't have the annual maintenance that you do with a gas-powered one. I'm fine with that. But some people have ginormous yards... And they need a gas-powered lawnmower, a riding lawnmower. My father-in-law has six acres. 
some of it's in water, but he's got a lot of land, and he, he gets out there on his riding lawnmower, and it's therapeutic for him, and he can't have a battery-powered riding lawnmower for the size of his yard. Couldn't afford a second battery to swap out. It'd be too heavy anyway. No extension cord is going to cover his yard, and if it did, he'd run over it and cut it up. He needs a gas-powered lawnmower. The farmers out there with the combines and the harvesters, the balers, the plows, the tractors, they need gas. They're not going to have battery-powered vehicles. They're just not. It's not efficient. We slow things down and drive up costs. You would be paying for it at the at the grocery store like we're doing right now with super high gas prices. The reality is the Biden administration lives in a fantasy world that believes that we can get rid of fossil fuels. We are not going to get rid of fossil fuels. They say we all need to convert. And what they're thinking is that if we all convert our cars to battery-powered cars, well, that would continue to leave the fossil fuel industry for everything else. But you and I know the left won't leave well enough alone. They believe that it's causing climate change. They believe that it's causing the elimination of life on planet Earth. They want it all gone. The reality is that's not going to happen. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, in this country, it did happen. It's not going to happen around the world. You're not going to get poor countries to do it because of cost. We're not going to get rid of fossil fuels. And so the question is, do we want them to be reasonable and cheap or do we want them to be expensive? Because right now you're taxing the poor. This is one of the reasons we're seeing this working class shift to the GOP. And by the way, it's, it's happening across the board. There is data out there. The f- most fascinating finding, according to Mark Murray, he's one of the political analysts for NBC, most fascinating finding, conservative Latinos went from plus nine Democrats in 2012 to plus 56 Republican now, a 65-point swing. Why? Because culturally and economically and the like, You've got a massive amount of costs baked into the Democratic Party's platform. And if you're a social or cultural conservative and it's costing you, you're shifting to the right. But more than that, economically, a lot of people are moving as well. This is Margaret Talev on CNN. Over the course of the past month, what we have seen is even before today's news, as gas prices have begun ticking a little bit back up, the amount of searches around the phrase gas prices has begun tipping, ticking back up. Back in June, when it was a real crisis for Biden, it was the number three search in the country. Hmm. By a month Amazing. ago, it was like the number 16 search. Guess what it is before today's announcement, as of last week, back up to number 12. It seems like, like on the one hand, you want to think, it, it depends how much they go up by for how big of a crisis sure. this is. But on yeah. the other hand, when all of your costs are exacerbated by inflation, everything costs more. The, Interest rates cost more, food costs more. When everything costs more, gas prices is a constant reminder of it. Every time you go to the pump, every time you fill up the tank, every time you commute. So it is a problem. We don't know how big a problem. The bigger problem for Democrats is that it takes attention away from abortion. And all Democrats want to talk about is abortion. And Republicans are looking for anything else. Now gas prices, throw that on the pile with immigration, throw it on the pile with crime. And 
All of that is not what Democrats want to be. They won't keep Democrats from talking about abortion. It won't, but other people are talking about gas prices and concerns about oil and the Democrats trying to get them off of it and the stupid idea that we're all going to suddenly drive Teslas. This is conversation from CNBC. The world's major oil-producing countries agreeing to cut their oil output targets by 2 million barrels a day. That's about 2% of global oil production, despite White House efforts to convince them to do otherwise. That news sending oil higher, giving a boost to oil stocks like Exxon, Halliburton, and Pioneer. Joining us now, Dan Pickering, founder and CIO of Pickering Energy. Dan, great to have you with us. So surprise, surprise, the White House has absolutely no say in terms of setting uh, global oil production. I mean, that's really underscored by today's move by OPEC+. Plus. It sure is. I think that essentially no one's listening to the White House as it relates to energy markets. OPEC's not. They're cutting production when the White House wants uh, more production. You've got U.S. producers that aren't drilling more. Rig counts flat since the summer. And then you've got the markets that are taking price up when when the president's telling us that we want price down. So uh, I think that, that the reality is that the recession or lack thereof is the driver and OPEC is the second driver. Yes. Driving up our costs, all we got to do is drill more at home. But the Biden administration is enraptured by this environmentalist cult that continues to drive up our prices, and it's going to cause them pain at the ballot box. And it's not just now gas prices. There's crime is the issue as well. Further reality check here. It's starting to have an impact. Here is, uh, I forget her first name, Mitchell. Uh, she's a reporter at the AJC. Listen to this. We also have to put this in the context of we know that crime is, violent crime is becoming an issue for residents, particularly those who are adjacent to major urban areas and even those who don't live in urban areas. But the messaging they're getting, particularly from the right, is that crime is out of control, particularly in states or cities that are run by Democrats. And we know that when you poll voters, asking them which party do they think can handle certain issues better. They say that Republicans handle crime issues better. Yes. The Democrats don't realize that this is such a big issue for them. The media's been telling them, the media's been screaming about it. You guys have a problem with crime. Don Lemon, of all people, asked Cori Bush, had Cori Bush on. Remember, I played that ad yesterday, Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa. She, the ad starts with her watching a video clip of uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush from St. Louis, Missouri, saying, yes, we got to defund the police. Don Lemon asked her, given a chance again, would you would you still say that? You've been one of the most outspoken progressives in the House. Um, but the political wind changed, you know, over the last couple of years, as you know. There's a pretty strong backlash to things like defund the police. I know you've been getting a lot of questions about this. For example, did defund the police, did progressives go too far in hurting democratic chances in the far with in the fall with slogans like defund the police? No, because the data has not, like there is no data that actually shows that um, def- saying defund the police cost actual elections, not that that one thing um, specifically did it. You know, there were other factors there. You know, if someone lost elections, you know, when we look at, you know, what happened two years ago, um, there were there were other things at play. Um, campaign, the way that they campaigned, how they did not use digital technology and, and you know, many other things. All uh, right. Right. This is um, going to come back and bite them as well. Crime is another bad issue for the Democrats. You've got inflation is on the rise. You've got crime. 
You got the Green New Deal. All of this causing angst among voters. Now, reality check for you Republicans, of which I am one, formally elected. You do have some bad candidates. The Democrats helped guide you to your bad candidates, and you took the bait. Now, the question is, do the bad candidates trump all the bad news, or does the bad news trump the bad candidates? My prediction is that the bad news is going to trump the bad candidates. You're going to have a lot of people around the country say, you know what? I don't particularly like candidate X, but the Democrats have so made this country ruinous I'm going to go with the bad Republican just to put them in charge of Congress. We need to check on the Democrats. We need to check on Joe Biden. And that may play out in Georgia. That's something the Democrats are actually nervous about. There is one poll. It was conducted as a snap poll after the Herschel Walker allegations came out about paying for the abortion, and it had him now down 12 points. Another poll, also in Georgia, had him down only four points. And that poll had had him down three points before, so only a one-point shift. Walker's got to mount his response, and that response can be about how bad the situation is, and it can essentially be, this is all a distraction from what matters to you, crime and the economy. They've got to mount the response, but it's doable, it's plausible. The data is there to suggest There is real anger among voters. There is real vengeful anger among a lot of voters in a lot of states right now about the Democrats, that uh, the Democrats can make it about abortion all they want. But voters are furious with the Democrats. Voters are angry, angry, angry about crime. They're angry, angry, angry about inflation. They're angry about gas. They're angry about the grocery store. They're angry about a recession. And that rage in a nationalized election could mean that people are going to the polls and in their anger, they're not seeing Warnock versus Walker. They're not seeing Fetterman versus Oz. They're not seeing um, Masto versus Laxalt. They're not even seeing Kelly versus Masters. They're seeing Democrat versus Republican and they're voting Republican because they're angry. This is something keeping Democratic strategists up at night. And what they're doing by focusing on abortion is trying to mitigate this in Democratic areas of the country where people may go in and say, well, those Republicans will put us in a, a pro-life dystopia. We we can't vote for them. I'm going to go vote for Democrats. And that may help the Democrats in some races. It may help them in narrow races. But it's probably not going to be enough. And in Nevada, it looks like without Harry Reid's political machine, Adam Laxalt can win and build a political machine in Nevada for the Republicans. In Pennsylvania, it looks like Dr. Oz can still win. In Wisconsin, it looks like Ron Johnson can still win. And in Georgia, in Georgia, there may just be enough hacked off voters. They show up and say, I don't like him, but I got to vote for him because we've got to put a check on Joe Biden. And if so, That's doom and gloom for Raphael Warnock. This, Democrats and Republicans, your reality check, the issues still matter. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. There is breaking news happening at this moment. This is from the Washington Post happening right now. Federal agents investigating President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, have gathered what they believe is sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes 
and a false statement related to a gun purchase, according to people familiar with the case. The next step is for the U.S. attorney in Delaware, a Trump administration holdover, to decide whether to file such charges, these people say. The investigation into Hunter Biden began in 2018 and became a central focus for then-President Donald Trump during his unsuccessful 2020 re-election effort. Initially, the investigation centered around Hunter Biden's finances related to overseas business ties and consulting work. Over time, investigators with multiple agencies focused closely on whether he did not report all of his income and whether he lied on gun purchase paperwork in 2018, according to people familiar with the situation who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing case. Agents determined months ago they had assembled a viable criminal case against the younger Biden, but it is ultimately up to prosecutors at the Department of Justice, not agents, to decide whether to file charges in cases where prosecutors believe the evidence is strong enough to lead to a likely conviction at trial. Given the intense political interest in a criminal probe involving the son of a sitting president, Attorney General Merrick Garland has made clear that the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, who was nominated by Trump, is supervising the case. Garland has vowed there will be no political or otherwise improper influence or interference in the Hunter Biden case and has not moved to push Weiss to make a decision. That's breaking news right now. That's from the Washington Post. To sum up, agents believe after investigating they have sufficient evidence to charge Hunter Biden with tax crimes and a false statement related to a gun purchase. There you go. Now, got to move on to something else. I got to play this audio. Stacey Abrams on ABC got some pushback. Listen. Your campaign put out a statement pointing to the legislative victories um, since the 2018 election. So does that mean that you have faith in the upcoming election and how it will be run? And will you commit to conceding if you do not win more votes than Governor Kemp? I have always acknowledged the outcome of elections. And what is deeply concerning to me is the conflation of access to the right to vote and the outcome of elections. I've never challenged the outcome of the election. In my speech on on November 16th, I clearly stated that he was the victor. And any time I've discussed the outcome, it has always been in the context of what we were able to generate among voters who are used to not being considered a part of the process. But my fight will always be about access. I know that heading into the 2022 election, there are new barriers that have been put in place, that there are senior citizens and disabled voters who are facing a much more difficult time getting access to absentee ballot application. I will never be silent about the issues of voter access because I believe in our democracy and I believe in our right to vote. I do not question the outcome of the election, but I do question the process. But on this question, I didn't hear an answer to the question, will you commit to conceding the election if Governor Kemp does have more votes? And again, I, I answered a question at the very beginning. I acknowledged at the very beginning that he won the election. <laughs> no, you did What I said in my speech. That you also wouldn't concede. No, no, no. What I said in that speech <laughs> is I would not concede a system that would not permit voters to be heard. But yes, I believe that the outcome of the elections should be respected. I have always done so, and I will continue to do so. She did not and did not like being called out on it. Well, she's got four weeks to get her concession speech ready. We'll see if she actually, I assume actually she will. Um, She will rise above it. I think reality is starting to set in. Um, We'll see how long it takes her before she moves out to Hollywood to be a regular on Star Trek.